Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. My name is Angela Gennari, and today we are here with Natalie Guzman. Am I saying that correctly? Yep, that's correct. Awesome. So welcome, Natalie, to the show. I'm super excited to talk to you. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. So Natalie Guzman became a virtual assistant in 2015 after her job told her that she had two days days to give birth and then she would have to return to work. I mean, that's just insane. Uh, she immediately started her virtual assistant business to make money from home on her terms. When she decided to turn her side hustle into an agency, it hit six figures in three months. Now, Natalie owns multiple businesses, including a virtual assistant agency and an all-in-one software for businesses to build websites, emails, automations, and more while raising her family in Southwest Florida. That's so cool. I love it when you have a challenge and you turn it into a triumph. That's amazing. So tell me how, tell me what gave you the courage to say, that's it, I'm going out on my own. I think I was just kind of put at this point when, you know, also I didn't, it's really hard to put into a bio, but we actually um, miscarried multiple children before this pregnancy. So this was my first one in the safe zone. And I saw it as a risk to my family's health because we were also expecting this child to be born with lots of medical issues. And we knew it was going to be costly. We knew knew it was going to be timely. I was going to need to be around. Um, And so when they said only two days, I was like, yeah, you're putting my family's safety and their health at risk for me going to work two days, especially myself where my body was actually having a really hard time carrying the child. Um, And so I was just like, we're about to have a lot of medical bills. How Mm -hmm. are we going to make this money? What are we going to do? And how can I do it while staying at home with my child? Because that's probably what she's going to end up needing. Yeah. And so I just started searching for ways to make money from home. I found being a virtual assistant was very similar to kind of what I was doing for the company. Mm-hmm. And um, I found out I was really, really good at it. And I actually landed my first client while in labor and we signed for a house all while we were in the hospital. Wow. And she was born at two pounds. So she was a tiny little thing. Uh-huh. Wow. Well, gosh. Okay. I don't even know if I want to start with congratulations or <laughs> OMG or what, but um, all the feelings, <laughs> all of it. So, okay. So you, I, I'm still stuck on this idea that your employer said you have two days. That to mm-hmm. me is just astounding. Like who has that audacity <laughs> to say? And it was a woman. Days. It was a woman that wow, told me. really? Was, yeah, she did have children of her own. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but still that was a woman was very, very surprising to me. And that company is now bankrupt. So they oh, got their money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Wow, that's amazing. So, um, okay, so you you said, okay, enough is enough. I've got to focus on my family. You know, this is my opportunity. This is a miracle child, right? Like this this child needs all of your attention. And so, at at what point do you say I need to start balancing? You know, like I need I need to be able to make money, but I also my family needs me. So, you know, as a mom, I think this is a challenge that we have all the time, where it's like, you know, how do you balance being a mother but now also being an entrepreneur because that takes incredible guts yeah I think it was actually really really easy for me to be a virtual assistant while being a mom because I was doing Mm -hmm. all the things that moms do right actually my first position was a family manager so as a VA so I was making appointments for people I was um taking I was scheduling medicines and putting it into their calendar I was ordering school supplies on Amazon and this family lived in um across the U.S. from me So I just did everything online, you know, like ordered their groceries, ordered their school supplies, everything you do for your own family. I did for them, Um, but it allowed allowed me to like really just create an income while being on my phone. So I could be, you know, holding my child and just on my phone doing these things. And it was the best thing for me. And I don't do anything easy. 12 months after um, my daughter was born, I gave birth to my second child, wow. who was also a preemie and was three pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I think it was once he was, um, once they were kind of at school age is when I decided to do the agency, because I knew that was going to take a lot more of my time and my effort to actually grow a business. So in the beginning, I just stuck to just helping a few clients and really honing my skills and trying to help them while raising my kids. Okay. Very cool. So I've never heard of this concept, uh, a family manager, but I love it. That sounds amazing. That sounds Everyone like playing. Yes. I mean, that's freaking cool. So somebody else can do a lot of that stuff that, you know, if you, especially if you have two working parents out of the house, it's those little things that pile up that you feel like you never have time to do. And then you have a little tiny bit of downtime on like a Saturday and you're spending all of your time doing stuff like that and not spending time with your family. So I actually think that that's brilliant. Um, so very cool. Well, how awesome that you could help out in that way, but also they're helping you by giving you an income that you can support your family with and the opportunity to be home with your child. So that is just the best of all worlds. I love it. So, so then you reach out and you decide to start this agency. And so what was the, the thought process behind the agency and how did you launch that? Yeah. So I had been saying for like a whole year, I was telling my husband, you know, if I did an agency, I would kill it. I would get so many clients. I would have a huge team. I was like, I just know I can do it. I've been doing this for like two years now. And the kids are, you know, kind of getting that daycare age. Um, And I was like, I could totally do this. And so I was like, I just was like, you know what, we're going to do it right now. I'm going to stop talking about it. Then my son, I just felt comfortable leaving him with other people. And then that's kind of when I was like, I have some free time on my hands. Let's do this. Yeah. But I like to say I'm mom boss too hard. I got seven clients in one week, which we're at like full-time hours. So I had to hire two people within uh, like 15 days of that. So um, it was absolutely insane when it did grow. It grew very, very fast. 
when you go from uh being you know a one one woman show you're 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 your own boss as a virtual assistant at what point do you say i'm going to take the leap and become an agency and and what was that process like yeah so my kids were a couple years older at this point and so they were at that point where i could actually put them into a daycare i could leave them with other people that i trusted um, and so I felt comfortable, you know, starting the agency because I had a little bit more time on my hands, because as we know, running a business takes a lot of time and energy, especially in those beginning stages. Uh, but I mom boss too hard. I got seven clients within, um, you know, one week. And then I had to hire two people within 15 days. And it wow. was just this crazy like domino effect that really just started the growth of my business and it just kept on growing really quickly. That's so amazing. So then when you you started doing the virtual assistant, was it difficult to hire people and or was that pretty seamless because you could really show them exactly what it is that you've been doing and how you've been successful? So I think it was a little hard um, for me at first because there's a lot of skills that goes into hiring and then actually transitioning people as well. Um, I had never been a supervisor. I'd never been a manager as a brand new mom. And so even at that, you kind of get manager experience if you learn to ask for help. And I think that was the biggest thing was delegating, um, delegating tasks, getting them off my plate and making sure I'm delegating them in a way that they understand exactly what they need to do and how to do it. And then training them on, cause we, we pride ourselves on, we're not just like the doers, we're also your strategic partner. So there's a lot of strategies that I had to teach them um, to really think about because a lot of our stuff is like our processes. So when a client comes to me and is like, I have these emails, I absolutely hate them. Um, I need to do something more, but I don't know what to do with them. So then we have to go there and think about all the different stuff in their process. How can we give value in this email? There's a lot of strategic things that go into it. And I had to teach them how to be that strategic. Yeah, it is tough though, isn't it? Like it's it's one thing to be your own boss. It's a whole other thing to be somebody else's boss. There's a whole different skill set that comes with that. And like for me, I am somebody who I will just do a task, right? Like I have a very hard time delegating because mm -hmm. I'm so used to just doing it myself, right? Like I've been a single mom for a long time. I'm just used to doing stuff myself. I've been a you know solo entrepreneur for a long time. And so when I started this business that I'm in now, I, you know, when I started getting employees, one of the hangups was I was still the bottleneck because I couldn't delegate. And so it's a, it's a whole other thing strength that you have to develop it's a skill set you have to develop like okay this there's something that because I think as moms we also have this idea in our heads that we can just do it better ourselves right it'll get done better and faster it'll get done the way I want it to get done but the the problem is is um getting it done right and perfectly isn't as good as getting getting it done quickly sometimes and so you have to decide if you're going to be a bottleneck by having to take this on or if this is actually something that can be done better by somebody else and so yeah and a lot of times it's how we're communicating with our team too I feel like I hear that a lot from other entrepreneurs like no one's going to do exactly how I do it I have people in my business that do it exactly how I do it 
And yep. that's because I have put in the time and the training. I teach them not only how to do it, but the strategic thought process behind it, mm-hmm. which is a whole other skill set. And I have nurtured that relationship. We have, you know, our our family, the families that we build, we create systems and processes within our family, right? Like my kids get home from school, they put their shoes in the shoe rack. Mm-hmm. That's a process in the system. I taught them and they do it on their own. They do exactly how I want to do it. That's that's basically what it is. I think sometimes we make it too complicated or we make excuses and it's really just something that we're going to have to teach. And sometimes it takes teaching one person a little bit longer than the next. No, absolutely. Well, and I, I also believe that if you teach people your why, that mm-hmm. also encourages them to want to do it in a certain way, right? Because my frustration before was, you know, if I teach somebody to do it, they might be able to do the task, but they're not going to do it with the same passion and the same focus. But then I started learning, if you teach them your why, why are we doing this? Why is this important? Why are we, you know, why am I so driven about this one particular task? Why does this task matter? So if you can teach them the why, then generally they'll, they'll have a little bit more of a buy-in on that. Mm -hmm. I love learning my employees why. So that's something I just started doing because if you find out why they're working for you. So for me, a lot of times I hear, you know, flexible schedule, um, you know, I'm able to have my kid on a meeting when I meet with you. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yes, that, that is pretty cool. And so you get to find out what your systems and processes are working, what's not working, or maybe you have them doing a task that maybe they, they shouldn't be doing. They should be trying to do something else. Like one person said, you've really grown my design skills. And I actually had them on more admin stuff than design. So then I was able to shift them to more design work and they've been doing amazing. Awesome. So do you primarily hire other moms? Like, do you find that moms have this more that that tenacity or what is, are you looking specifically for other moms? Yeah. So I have, um, I have women and men, I have caregivers, I have moms, um, I have dads, I have single guys, I have a whole mix of a team. We had to hire a lot of people. (laughs) And so that kind of gives us a really good diversity on our team but I always my first hires were moms um and I've always loved helping moms and just because my job put me in a position where I had to choose my job or my family I didn't want to ever grow a company that had those same values so good for you yeah that's amazing yeah I find that you know when I'm hiring it's it's a balance because you want people who are equally committed you know to to driving the business forward but also you know they they care about their own personal life too because we still say family first you know even as much as I want you to be driven in the business I also want you to put family first because I do feel like that's important and you know for for people who don't have kids you still need to have that you know have your personal interests have have the things that you're passionate about outside of work too yeah we have a hard stop at five o'clock you know weekends no unless they want to work you know they can but I always want to we had clients at one time we didn't always have this rule clients would text us at 2 a.m in the morning and Mm -hmm. so we had to put in those hard boundaries to protect our employees and to protect myself as well um because it gets to be too much um when you have especially a business where you're dealing with multiple clients at once Mm -hmm. um it's really easy for boundaries to be crossed and or not to have boundaries and everything go haywire so boundaries are 
definitely really important in any business. So how do you deal with the time zone differences? Because I imagine you have clients in other time zones. Yeah. So um, we have clients all over the world. We do have some um, VAs that like to, so how our team works, it's a little different, which is why we get away with this. So you get, instead of you getting assigned to a VA and you guys just kind of go off and do your own tasks or whatnot together, my agency assigns you a project manager. The project manager is the one that meets with you. They get all your to-dos. Um, and they'll create your SOPs. They'll just really be your strategic partner. And then they will give the to-dos to the rest of our team. So we have graphic designers, copywriters, admins, website designers, automation specialists. They will give those tasks to them. They'll review them. They'll check in on them. And then they'll report back to the client. So no, so the client doesn't have to manage like 20 VAs at once. They have a project manager do that for them. That is a fantastic that's a fantastic business model. I think that's genius. So, okay. So then I'm going to pivot. So you go from the VA model to website design and uh, more of that automation. How did that come about? Yeah, I think especially after the pandemic, we saw a, so I'm pre-pandemic for VA. I call myself a dinosaur for the virtual (laughs) assistant world because most people started after the pandemic. Right. Um, but we saw a um, increase in online businesses, obviously, and they were all needing websites and automations and their email marketing was a really big topic back then too. And everyone are all of a sudden had the time to put their thoughts and put them together and, but they need someone to actually do the work and design it and had, and someone that had a little bit more knowledge too than them, because they were just learning about this. Um, And so we all of a sudden had hundreds of websites create. And so I was hiring more and more website designers and um, I was really good at automation. So I didn't have anyone on my team that was good at automation. So I had to start searching for that. And then, um, and same with copywriting and emails. And so we just kept finding, you know, more and more things that were needing to be designed on the web space. And we kept getting really, really good at it. But we noticed that there were so many different softwares and systems out there and they weren't connecting. So mm-hmm. someone might be using MailChimp, then they have their POS system. And right. then they're u- trying to use Zapier to connect everything. But Zapier doesn't connect everything. And it was just like this really big mess that mm-hmm. all of their things were on these different platforms. They were spending thousands of dollars on all these platforms. And so that's when I opened my second business, Nadora, which you can create everything and it's all connected. So it creates your automations, it's your calendar, it is your website, um, you do website design, funnels, um, and some text campaigns. It does like anything and everything for an online business. So, and I love that because then we were able to not only help a bunch of people save a lot of money in software, but also um, we were able to educate them a lot. So we have an Adore You, which is our education center. So where we were able to teach them, you know, how to even design your own website if you don't want a VA, you know, how to build your automations, how to write effective email copy. So mm-hmm. uh, so we have like the best experts in the world, all training um, all of our members on how to use all these things. 
That's so cool. Yeah, definitely something that's useful because um, people talk about what a tech stack, right? The tech yeah. stack is, you know, what technologies are you using to run your business? And and one of the frustrations is, you know, we use a whole bunch of different technologies and they're all super useful as a standalone, but they don't talk. And so you're right. I mean, that that is a challenge. You know, you use Calendly for one thing and MailChimp for another thing and, you know, your CRM for another thing. And, and you're right. There's no automation. So that's that's brilliant. Good for you. Thank you. So um, as you're setting that up, um, tell me what the process is when you um, start building out technology. Did you hire that out to or did you have those resources in-house? Yeah, so we, um, so are you talking about when we built Nadora? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so when we built Nadora, um, we, it's a white label software that we had a website developer come in um, who is on our team yeah. and was able to add a bunch of extras to it. Um, and so that way um, it made it more unique and also geared towards the needs that we needed. Very cool. Yeah, that's brilliant. All right, so um. So as a small business, how can we then automate our systems? Like what, what is a good strategy to start automating your systems and what systems can be automated? You know, what, what can you do to integrate? Oh my gosh, you can do hundreds of thousands of automations. We save 32 hours in automations a week. Wow. So yeah, which is insane. So just think about the tasks that you or your team is doing every single day, and there's a very good chance they can be automated. Some, not everything should be automated, but most things can, especially your emails. Um, so if you don't have emails automated, you should, um, especially with your onboarding, your lead generation. Those are the two biggest ones that are so easy to automate. Um, but what I usually suggest is writing your customer journey first. So writing all the steps that you want your customer to take on their journey. So usually it's, there's a freebie, right? Usually, so some sort of either coupon or a free PDF, a webinar, something free so they can learn more about you. Second thing is usually like a baby offer. Um, so just something just to get their feet kind of wet and to actually commit with money down. Um, and then you have your biggest offer, your main offer, whatever it is. And of course you may have offers in between these, but this is just the basic structure. And so how are you going to move your um, lead in your customer throughout all those steps? Right. So that's kind of where automation takes place. So you could automate not just emails and text messages, which most people know of, but you can automate um, Facebook message DMs. You can automate um, internal notifications. So who on your team needs to be notified of what for them to continue their job. Um, there's so, so, so much. There is a lot and you can um, customize it to basically however you want. I think we have like over a hundred commands in the automation center that it can do in Adora. So yeah, it's pretty cool. cool how much you can do. Even like putting stuff into a Google sheet, it does it for you. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we need more Super of that. Helpful. Yeah, seriously, because I think our, our tasks that I have set up right now are just so manual. It's pretty aggravating. So it would be nice to be able to automate some of that. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So can you, do you have any success stories that you can talk about from like other clients who have, who have implemented this? 
Yeah. Um, so we have, I think the one of our biggest clients is actually a landscaping um, company. And so, but they're not just a landscaping company because she owns four other businesses. Wow. <laughs> and so, yeah, so they started out on NG virtual assistant or VA agency. And so um, they used us because we were able to handle, you know, a lot of work at once with having the project manager and able to um, really track all those different businesses. And then we, she was needing um, this, she wanted to build this invention that basically was going to be the Craigslist for the tree world. And so it's called the One Stop Tree Shop. And we actually built and designed it. And it was so much fun. So basically now they can post, you can pop post job postings, you can put um, equipment rentals, and it's just basically everyone in the tree industry was using Craigslist. Craigslist is now kind of falling off. And so she built this just to be for the tree industry. And it's a really, really cool product. Um, and we've been able to do a lot of really cool things for her. So it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah, I love to see um, ingenuity, you know, in the workplace, because most of the time when, when there's great inventions, it's to solve mm -hmm. our own problems, right? Those are the best inventions is, you know, necessity. So good yeah. for her. That's awesome. So who inspires you? Ooh, um, I would say probably my husband is my biggest inspiration, especially lately. He yeah has the one that taught me, like I told you, I hadn't been a boss, I hadn't been a manager, even all that and so much more. He's actually an assistant warden for a prison. Um, and so if anyone knows leadership, it's him. Yeah. He is probably mm -hmm. one of the best leadership speakers I've ever heard. He should definitely go into it for a business. <laughs> um, I tell him that a lot because he's just so good with his words and inspiring others. Um, but he helps me so much with mine. Like if I keep mentioning, I have the same issue over and over again. He's like, you need to talk to your team, have a team meeting. You need to give them this. He'll give me a YouTube video, do this lesson with this PDF and, you know, and get them back on track. And it's just been the coolest thing to really hone my leadership skills because with technology, that stuff comes so easy to me, but being um, you know, a leader is not, that is not natural for me. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, good for you. So I had read in your previous, but in another bio that I read of you, that you were once a foster child. Is that right? I was, I was a teen in the foster care system. So my mom, and my stepfather, they went, um, through a divorce when I was 14 mm -hmm. and it was really hard on my mom emotionally. And I ended up going into foster care um, and I was in there until I was 17. And when I, um, got out of the foster care system and I got my own apartment and lived on my own, uh, mm -hmm. which was pretty insane, especially now that I have my own kids, I'm like, I was a wee baby. I <laughs> so it was, it was definitely a crazy, crazy part of my life and a crazy part of my journey. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and what I have so much respect for is that in the foster care system, so many kids get lost, right? Because you don't have that nurturing and you don't have that guidance that you would normally have, especially in those critical teen years. And so for you to be able to pull yourself through that and then also create what you've created is just amazing. 
Yeah, it was definitely one of the loneliest experiences. Like I can't even imagine, I can't even explain how lonely I was in those years. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like everything was on my shoulders. Everything was my responsibility, which it was. And I had to find a way to get myself out and get myself on my own. And so I think that just kind of showed me that there's always a way and with enough research and actually putting that research into actions, that you can basically get yourself out of any situation. Yeah, good for you. Well, and I've studied foster care because I actually, my my degree is in criminal psychology, but also child psychology. So I studied children um, who have gone through some really tough circumstances in life. And I did my internship with the Department of Juvenile Justice interviewing um, a lot of these kids who, you know, it was either foster care or incarceration, right? And so for a lot of them who are in these really tough households. And so, um, it, yeah, it's it's really challenging. So um, I can, I can understand the, the loneliness, you know, I was on suicide watch for several children and, you know, dealing with parents and dealing with the system and it's really a broken system. So how can people help foster children, especially our teenage foster children? What would you recommend in helping? Yeah, so there's a ton of different programs and actually um, I'm part of some of them. So One of my favorites is, depending on your state, you can be a guardian ad litem, which is basically, you know, you can just, it's like 10 hours a month, and Mm -hmm. especially in Florida, you can just go um, evaluate the case, and you're basically an advocate for that child. So basically, you know, you got, the in in this relationship, you have the child, you have the parent, and then you have the caseworker. Well, they all kind of have their own goals or interests in hand, but no one is necessarily there for the child, especially in court, and so that's what a guardian ad litem is, um, and it's was um really actually a simple process to go through there is a lot of training involved um but i am absolutely loving it um it's just a really good way to advocate without actually having to be like a foster parent of course there's so many so many needs for good foster families but it's definitely not easy so it's something i always say to think about but there's a lot of organizations so just check your state and you know, find out, especially if you own a business, even yeah. talk about um, with caseworkers about hiring children in the foster care system, um, because a lot of them can't go to jobs because they don't have a vehicle or the foster parents mm-hmm. don't want to take them. And so if they, if you have a job that's mainly online, you can definitely hire foster children. Wow, that's amazing. All right, very cool. So yeah, I, I was I was dying to ask you about that because again, I read that and I thought, you know, this is this is really something that I want to touch on because um, the statistics are not favorable for foster children. I think something like 80% of foster children end up homeless and they yeah. then end up incarcerated because they're homeless and they are trying to figure out how to survive. And sometimes that includes doing things that are you know, not legal. So um, yeah, the, the, the statistics are not good. And so I just applaud you for, for coming out of that and for doing what you're doing and not just doing something that is contributing back to um, 
back to the workforce, but also contributing back to foster children. So I applaud you for that. Yeah, and it's crazy. You know, we're told as foster kids that there's a very good chance we're going to end up in jail. And I was told that by multiple people that you're going to end up in jail one day. And I was a really, I was that quiet kid with a book in the yeah. living room. And I was told that I was going to end up in jail one day, oh you gosh. know, and I always laugh because I ended up living at a prison. So we live at prison because of staff housing and I'm married to an assistant warden. Oh so I always gosh. laugh and I'm like, well, they weren't necessarily wrong. Right. <laughs> That's, that's kind awesome. of a joke in our family is like hey I guess they were right it wasn't jail it was prison though so yeah. <laughs> well uh, I think you did an amazing job so good Thank for you. you um okay so so tell me um as women sometimes we give our power away right whether that looks like giving somebody else credit or, or allowing somebody else to um you know uh criticize us without us standing up for ourselves so can you tell me about a time that you've given your power away and then another time when you stepped into your power yeah so I don't think I even realized what I was doing but I attended um this speech at podfest actually um a couple of years ago and they were saying that um you know women always give discounts where they're not needed or like mm -hmm. or freebies or whatnot they're like we're we're famous for doing that and I was like oh my gosh I've given away four this month <laughs> like like our team made a mistake and so I give them an hour credit right mm. it's it's like I feel guilty but honestly sometimes these things like when there's mistakes made in our business, it's not necessarily our team or our fault. Sometimes it's communication, it's how mm -hmm. that was delivered. And as we're actually giving away power because they're expecting freebies now every time we make mistakes. Yeah. And they're not appreciative of it. I gave away um two recently and because it's still a habit that I'm working at. I recognize it. I'm still giving away. I'm still trying to not do it but neither of them said thank you or that they appreciated me or like they appreciate me looking into that they just took it and went on with their day and mm -hmm. so I think it's really really important that we're not doing that and we're investigating the whole thing and we're not like oh we made a mistake we can always say hey we'll fix it we'll improve it for you but we don't have to give anything free in return and I think that's you know, really, really important because they, I hate the term customer is always right. It's not always right. Um, you know, a lot of times we're teaching them things. That's why they come to us because they want to be taught processes and systems and they want more of a strategic um, team. And so we're teaching our clients all the time. And so I think it's just, that's definitely where I've been giving my power the most is in those, uh, sorry, my bad, here's a free hour. So stopping yeah. that mm -hmm. um by the time I stepped into my power that's a great question I know there's there's a lot of situations I think firing a client is mm -hmm. probably especially on the other end of that that spectrum yeah um I've had to fire a couple clients I fired two this month because um and it was not an easy decision I don't come to it ever lately but if it's creating, if you, if they've gone through several project managers, if those project managers are all stressed and concerned and they're, they're broken and they're just like, I can't do this anymore. And that takes a lot for my team to say, I probably only heard it 
every time I fired a client is pretty much, but it's not very often. These are the first two all year. Um, and it wasn't, and it was a lot of consideration and thinking about it. But at that point, it's not worth it. It's not worth your team to be stressed or to, they keep making more mistakes because the clients are constantly messaging them every two seconds. Mm -hmm. It's like, imagine cleaning your room with your mother behind you saying, you didn't pick this up. You didn't pick that up. Yeah. You need to put this there. You need, you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to do a good job and nothing's going to be right. Right. And that's a situation we, we find ourselves in sometimes. And you just have to step up and say, you know, we really appreciate you. Um, and we appreciate your time with us. Unfortunately, we can no longer work with you. And then I give them a recommendation. That's super mm -hmm. important for me. I'm like, you know, this VA agency actually specializes in, um, you know, people that have never had a VA and can really teach you and train you, you know, through the process. So these, these are going to be a great fit for you. So I have a couple of VA agencies that I collaborate with and it's because true. not every client is going to be good for me and it might be great for them. I 100% agree. Well, good for you. Um, yeah, I, I agree. We we do tend to discount ourselves when we teach people how to treat us. And when we are discounting ourselves, we're showing that we're not valuable. And so we, you know, as a, as a rule in our company, we don't negotiate rates. So everybody in our industry negotiates rates except us, because I just feel like, no, I'm not going to undervalue what we do. So we provide a service that's valuable. The other's not so much. <laughs> so we want to make sure that, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves in a position where people are going to understand our value and why we don't negotiate. I love that. Yeah. So, um, so tell me what would you give, what advice would you give to your 18 year old self? Ooh, I think just to keep on chugging trug along, like yeah. you're doing a great job. You're going to get where you're going to need to be one day. I mm -hmm. think I definitely made mistakes in my teens and early twenties, but every mistake brought me to where I am today. Yeah. So I don't think I'd give any advice because it would change what I did in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Well, good for you. Um, all right. So what um what do you wish more people knew? Ooh. I think I wish more people knew how to delegate because mm -hmm. once you learn how to delegate and give things off your plate and hire a team you are able to do so much more. And when life gets crazy and hectic, so right now my my mom and stepdad actually got back together, oh, wow. um, but he has a dementia mm -hmm. and it is one of the most heartbreaking illnesses I have ever witnessed in my life. Um, and I am now able to take off Tuesdays to spend with him and take him out to lunch and have fun with him because I own my own business. Can you imagine the job that told me I had two days to give birth to say, yeah, yeah take two days off to hang out with your stepfather? No, they right. wouldn't do that. And so just like, because I'm able to delegate and have a team running things, I don't have to be there all the time. Um, and they don't message me on Tuesdays. They let me have that time with my stepfather, which I'm so, so thankful for them. I have an amazing team. Mm. And um, because I delegated, I learned to delegate. I have a director of operations. I have project managers. I have a whole tier. So everyone knows who they have to speak to. And the only person that really reports to me is the director of operations. And so that's when I'm able to, you know, really get my time back. 
Wow, that's amazing. Good for you. Yeah, I I agree. Having that time is is precious. I'm I'm a, a like I said I meant earlier. I'm a single mom, and so for a long time I've had my business for eight years. And when my son was really little, I would make it a point of being home to get him off the bus every single day. So that meant me coming home, leaving my office, driving you know forty minutes home so that I could be home by two thirty or three o'clock, and then get him off the bus. And then that would also mean that I'd have to work after he went to bed. But that time that precious little time you'll never get back and so it's so beautiful that you recognize the time that you have with him is is just irreplaceable it's priceless yeah. so well good for you so uh thank you so much for your time today i've really enjoyed talking with you and i've gotten so much value out of it so um i wish you so much success and i just hope you just keep building your team and building and building and, and doing more businesses because you're brilliant and i think that you have so much to offer awesome thank you so much for having me i had so much fun yes so tell me how can people find you yeah, so you can find um, me all over social media. It's Natalie Guzman. So make sure you put the ITS in front of my name. Mm -hmm. um, and then the businesses are ngvirtualassistant.com and nadora.org. Okay, very cool. Well, I wish you, like I said, incredible success. And I know you'll just continue to do great things. And um, thank you guys for joining us for another episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And you can also find Natalie Guzman on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. All of her information and her links will be on there as well. So again, thank you so much. And I hope everyone has an amazing day. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.